This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Happy, Happy Wednesday, Wednesday, everybody. everybody. It's half the, it's half the week. Half the week, half is, the week done. is done. Got a half got a left. Half left. On, make it a good one. Rooted in self-care. Yeah, that's right. Everyone is saving themselves right now. Right now. What, is what is something I've, something done, I've done, done today that was rooted in self-care? Wasn't about productivity, so going to the gym doesn't count. It was about something that was rooted in nothing pleasure or joy or It had no purpose other than it made me feel good. It was nourishing. Didn't make me feel bad. If you haven't got an answer for that, you need to find one for later in the day. Every day. Our whole day should not be rooted in just work, 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 work. Going, going to the gym, the gym cooking, cooking, dinner, picking up the kids. You gotta, you gotta find, find some self care moments. Sometimes it just means, just in, the means in the car, turning off, turning your, off phone, your phone. So, so even though you're even driving, you're not even bothered by hearing by a call coming in, coming in, or email, email, and you're just, and you're just listening, listening to your music, whatever it is. Whatever it is. Taking, taking time, time away from work, and going for a walk, going into the kitchen or outside, and eating something. There's a thousand little ways to do it, but I want to make sure days aren't just work, work, go to bed, work, 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 work. What is the point? It's not what we're here for. All right, all right. Let's talk about some news. All right. All right. Listen to this, Listen to this headline. headline. Nearly, nearly half, half of U.S. states, states report, report a rise, rise in the number of number coronavirus, coronavirus cases. cases. I know, hard, I know, to, hear, hard to hear, but almost half, but half of the U.S. states are reporting, reporting a rise in cases, cases, and some, and some are, breaking are breaking records, records in their daily, in their daily reported, reported cases. cases. That's heartbreaking. And this is and a lot, this lot of the southern states, Florida, South Carolina, Georgia, Texas, 62% of the newly reported cases are from people under the age of 45. And that's why we keep talking about being older in our years. Years as being as a being risk, risk factor. Sixty-six percent are from people under forty-five. So these youngins that think that, that they are just impenetrable, impenetrable or they'll, or they'll fine. be fine. That is not, that is the, not case, the case, you guys. Please, please take, care take care of yourselves. Us, uh, 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 this, uh, this is a doctor being quoted from Pacific Medical Center. Said it has nothing nothing to do with more testing and everything everything with behavior. We need to talk about people following the guidelines, wearing masks, wearing masks, avoiding crowds, staying home with possible possible washing, washing their hands, their hands. Blam, California, my home state, reported the most most new cases. A single, day. single day. Ready for this Ready one? For this one. In a single, in a single day, day. four thousand five hundred fifteen since the since pandemic, pandemic started. Start. But Arizona, but Arizona, Florida, Florida considered the new epicenters. epicenters. Man, man, Arizona, Arizona Florida, 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 step it up, up. I'm seeing these I'm pictures, seeing pictures of y'all gathering, gathering crowds, crowds, not wearing, not masks. wearing masks. Bam, bam. Um, um, understandable. Understandable. Some states, states don't want to let y'all come in and visit. Taking it with you. Also, also, sheriffs, sheriffs of California say they won't enforce Governor Newsom's new mask order. 
That's upsetting, that's upsetting to, me. to me. So, so Governor, Governor Newsom basically, basically said, yeah, said yeah, putting a mask, a mask order in place, and that was effective, that was effective immediately. immediately. This was last, this was last week. week. After the announcement, announcement sheriff's sheriff's department in places like Orange, Orange County, County, County got blessed. Some have said that they're not going to enforce it. Enforce it. Orange, County Orange County was one of the reasons why Newsom, our governor, put that in place. He saw how ridiculous everyone was being. The OC sheriff said each person's responsible to wear face covering and follow other recommended safeguards in order to stop the spread, but it is not law enforcement. Responsibility, responsibility to enforce, enforce it. it. Newsom has Newsom not has said not whether or not, whether not consequences. the consequences. Wow, that's, wow, real. that's real. Also, also Trump, Trump, God bless him, has told his Tulsa TikTok, TikTok users to register, register for tickets and not show, and not show up. They killed, they killed it. it. They crushed, they crushed it. it. Love it. I think a lot of people, lot of people didn't go because they see these racist, homophobic, and how can you have any respect for Trump? I really don't know. It honestly is falling into a mental health issue in a lot of ways. But that's my definition of mental health. Caring about compassion, caring about how we impact others. But the TikTokers, them young kids, they're kicking butt. They basically pre we bought, we bought tickets, tickets to keep it, to keep empty. it empty. Love that. Love that. According to CNN, 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 CNN people on TikTok encourage people, people to RSVP for the rally, for the rally but not show but not up. People uh, on TikTok, especially K-pop fans in the South, sign up, register, and then and post, post to get others to do so. I love that. I love that. That's huge. That's huge. And, uh, and uh, some, uh, other some other corona news. Texas, Texas bars. They have alcohol permits suspended because they violated the protocol. That's how it goes. Also, being intoxicated is not the best way for you to follow those boundaries. But dozen bars in Texas, they've had their alcohol permits temporarily Suspended, suspended because they because failed they to fail meet, to meet health health protocols. Some bars, some bars in LA are not open because they out of passion for their, for their workers, workers and the guests, and the guests that come there. They said they said there's, there's no, way no way based on, based on how we are, we are set up to really, to really honor, honor and, uh, and create, uh, create social distancing and safety of everyone staying closed. I know that that's hard income generation and all that and the service needing money, but that's how that's how you do it. I mean that's real. That's real. And finally, and finally uh, LAX, LAX, that's the big that's airport here in LA, they become the first airport to test thermal, thermal scanning, scanning cameras, cameras to detect, to detect coronavirus, coronavirus symptoms. I mean, is I that mean, really, is really the, the best way to do it? Thermal, thermal scanning, scanning cameras are designed, designed to detect fevers. fevers. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. They're, ten, they're, they're testing, testing at the airport here. That could be really problematic and traumatic. You've got a fever because you're running, because you drank too much caffeine. There's a multitude of reasons as to why you producing more energy and heat. The first airport in the U.S. to test technology. We're going to see how, this, see goes. how this goes. The cameras, the cameras are, designed are designed to detect, to detect body, body temperatures, temperatures of 100.4 degrees or more. Or more. The, current the current standard for a fever. For a fever. But, I, mean, I mean, again, that fever, again, that could, fever come could come anything. from any. How does that, how does that necessarily, necessarily speak directly, directly to, the to the fact that, that, that uh, I don't know, what do I know? But that's why, but that's why I, was, I, was I was saying the other day, day. I was like, when do we, do we, we how do we even know when we're entering, entering a second phase or a third phase? Third phase. This, just this just seems like a wave, a wave that rolls on. It never, really it never quite, quite stops or rolls itself, itself back. And, back. And, you know, with everything, you know, with everything opening, people are feeling, people are feeling more free and liberated. liberated. But again, but again as we're looking at the record, record highs coming in, all's not well. There's a different experience of it. I think everyone got burned out on hearing about it. And the more familiar we get with something, the more the threat level drops. That is just psychology. You need to keep it Space, space, space from space from something to be able to have, to be able to have that anxiety, anxiety still in place. But we're, we're so familiar with hearing about COVID that it's just that's become just normalized. normalized. And I think, and that, I think that, 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 that again is why people are taking the precautions they need to take. So, all right, y'all, coming up next, we're going to be talking about changes in work. That's right. That's right. Working from home is becoming more of a norm. I'm here for it. I think if your job can be done while at home, props to you. We're going to be talking about more. Stick around for that. Listen to Love 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 Question of the night. It's up on our Loveland AG page. Weigh in on that. And if you have a question, you can slide into the DMs. We'll be answering those later in the show. Uh, so let's talk about working from home. So I have some clients that are telling me about the different changes in their works systems. And they're all from different 
you know, backgrounds work-wise, but they're all being told in different ways that they're going to be working a lot more from home. Some of them completely, others it's a recommendation. Some it's staggered work, meaning some will come in Monday, Wednesday, Friday, others Tuesday, Thursday, they're moving departments. Some people are told they'll work halftime. I love it. I love it because I know that for me, I miss being in my office face-to-face, but there's also been something beautiful about being able to just wear what you want and operate from a place of comfort at home where traditionally going into the office, there's so All many right, we're back. secondary the things that need to be done. You have to like, fix your on hair, and if put you have on a something clean, slide drive into the to DMs, the office, and all that can get very exhausting and very expensive. Uh, so let's and so talk about from working from home. Uh, financially, so I have some clients that are telling me about the different changes in their work systems, and they're all from different backgrounds work-wise, but they're all being told in different ways that they're going to be working a lot more from home. Some of them completely, others it's a recommendation. Studies also show that people having work, more flex time will come in Monday, better. Wednesday, Friday, Working others Tuesday, five Thursday, days a week, 40 hours departments. is exhausting. It Some people are told they'll that's, work that's half time. Reasonable. I, I love when it. Cut the I love hours it because back, I know that from work from home, they can honor their energy There's also been something beautiful about and rest being when they able don't. to just wear what you want and operate from a place of productivity. I wish it was Where traditionally going into the office, there's so many secondary things that need to be done. You have to hike, fix your hair, put on something clean, drive to the office, and all that can get very exhausting and very expensive. You would think so that they'd be some home for some people. Doing what's going to help uh, financially? They save Look, a lot of money. They're, they're able to just psychology. eat from home. And everyone's just different. And so the idea that we have the same expectations on everyone is just not true. You know, it's also just not professional. They don't worry about gas and so letting workers work. I, in the I ways love that. That's my best for them. It's how you get the most changes and comes out of this. Not everyone has the same expectations. People having more flexible schedule works better. Mental health is different. Five days a week are different. Our energy levels are different. Mental health is that's not invisible. Some people have other physical illnesses. My energy levels are very. Different from other people's their and energy I work levels. best work in the way they have energy best. and rest and so when they don't. It works better that, for me I mean, to uh, set a business's job is productivity. I, I, like, I I'm not a nighttime person, shocker, central, so I produce the best in the morning. Working there and so for me, being, being able to do some of my work in the morning is actually all about just generation generation and so happy to snap my best. And if I'm not happy, supportive of people doing what's going to help them be most productive. Work is such a centralized part of psychology. Everyone's people spend more time at the So the idea that we have the same expectations on everyone spend more time with their bosses. So just not smart. They do their loved ones. And, and so, so letting not, workers work in the ways that are best for them is how um, you get the most productivity. I never really understood the fact that everyone can have the same expectations of working the same hours, the same schedule. Our mental health is different. Okay. Our abilities well, are different. Work. Our energy you know, levels are different. And half, and mental health is, is invisible. Some people have other invisible illnesses. My energy levels are very different from other people's. And I work best in the ways I work best. And so it works better for me to set my own hours when possible. Like I'm not a nighttime person. Shocker. All their certain I produce time best in the morning. Done. But and again, so for me, psychology being able to do some of my work in the morning is actually what's like really powerful. I'm all about it. Some people also no longer have to worry about childcare. No but then there's the other side of the world you know, where work is such a centralized part of most people's lives. Most people spend more time at privacy or the space. They don't have technology. They can't afford a computer or Wi-Fi. They have young ones running around. And so for some people, it's a joy for them to go to the office. Some people aren't. I never really understood the five-day work relationships. Going to the office is a source of joy. From okay, well they're sad life work, at home. It gets you know, away three and a half and three and a half. Some people going to work is that would actually probably rise. I know during the week, that's where most of my socialization when they reduced hours to places at my office, see my clients who actually and then going into the radio station. science, it's all about following the science, but not everyone is highly social. Comes the office, and they're all there a certain amount of time that more work is getting done. But again, human psychology is I think that's why I've always liked working just doesn't work like that. You know, some fields I'm all about it. Some people also no longer have to worry about things like child care. But then 
there's the other kind of side of the world where people, well, some people can't work from home. They're distracted. They don't have privacy or the space. They don't have technology. They can't afford a computer or Wi-Fi. Oh, right. Question of the night. It's up on our Loveline IG page. So please, happy, healthy families or relationships. And going to the office to our Loveline IG DM page. Some people send them to me on my private DMs. Some people try to work collect them and send them to my producer. I know during the week that's where most of my socialization took places. At my office, see my clients who I love dearly. And then my downtime, I don't really want to do any clinical work. And so not everyone is highly social. I know some people want me to just take a few minutes, but after seeing clients in my practice, and I think that's why I've always liked working training program. Y'all get your questions answered on Loveline. And that way, other people can also learn. Because a lot of the questions you guys ask, other people ask or have asked. And this is a way to really disseminate that information to a lot more people. Where just kind of putting little band aids, one offs in my DM just isn't very helpful. Question of the night. It's up on our Loveline IG page. So please, more expressive on that one. And also, what are your questions? I'm always confidential. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about myths. Some people send them to me on my private DMs. I forget that not everyone's been in therapy, and there's a lot of assumptions out there that are made about sometimes they kind of fall through the cracks. I don't really explain a lot of those DMs on my private page. And right now during COVID, my downtime is a stunningly beautiful time to get into therapy. So I kind of have a hard line there because therapists around the world are just taking a few minutes therapy. Phone, FaceTime, practice, technology, my stuff, writing a training program. Y'all, so coming up next, talk about myths of therapy. Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris. Other people can also learn because a lot of the questions you guys ask, people ask or have asked. And this is a way to really disseminate that information. Not everyone's familiar with therapy. You know, some people come from therapy, healthy families, parents have been, but it also doesn't really. In California, it's quite normalized. Everyone has their therapist. They talk about their restaurants, coffee shops, shops. Always confidential. Maybe the gym they go to. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about myths. I love it. It's very when I, was a I child, forget that not everyone's been in therapy, and there's a lot of uh, assumptions out there about that are made as though it's for what people like, that what it takes were, what or takes broken, place, and also or bad, or mentally ill. And, and right now there's a stigma attached to it, and you're quite stunningly beautiful to share openly that you and therapy been already. And moving out here, it was beautiful. In California, people talk very openly about their recovery from drug and alcohol addiction, their favorite 12 step meeting. Take advantage of it. So coming up next, talk about myths of therapy. I wanted to love that everyone should be in therapy. Therapy is not just for people that are struggling. Some of the most powerful transformative work I do is with people who are high functioning all's well, but they want to do explorative work on who they are and their values and their integrity, or they want to improve their relationship. It's not necessarily tanking. And I work with some people for decades and decades because they, they want that ongoing support. There's some people that will always be in therapy and always should. They do need that all right. supplemental We're support. Back. They, they are going to be talking safe about space because therapy, therapy isn't, advice. not everyone's familiar with therapy, therapy is transformation. You know, some people come from and I know therapy, your hairdresser and your best friend, parents have been advice, best friends are, but it's not in California from their best. Sometimes it's quite it's normal anxiety. Sometimes the worst advice is from our friends. And I say to my clients, stop asking your friends about coffee shops because they uh, don't. They're the not educated. Go to, they're not speaking to your best. This they're not. I love it. It's very normal. Talk to transformative as a child just on the East Coast. Solutions. And the way uh, I was talked about, sometimes it's very coaching. I will give recommendations. I will give solutions. Or bad. I do. I am active and I am directed. There's a stigma attached to it. And you're quiet about it. You share it best for them. It's up to them to decide. But therapy is also about transformation. How can I change? It was beautiful. California people talk very openly about their recovery from drug and alcohol addiction. But some people favorite therapy step thinking meeting, is, and they talk about I want things different, but I want to do the work. It's stunning. I want it normalized. Therapy's for people that are like, therapy. I want to do the work. I want to start creating Some of the most powerful, transformative work I do is with people who are high-functioning. Therapy's for everyone at all stages of who they are and their values and their integrity. So, you again, therapy's not for people that are mentally ill or struggling. And those that are, that's okay, too. And I work with some people for decades and decades because they want that ongoing support. There's some people that will always be in therapy. It's not some odd, funky, transactional relationship. I don't work for 
of people. I work with them. because it's a true therapy relationship. Isn't and I only work with people that I feel therapy like I can really work with. And I'm a person. And I know your hairdresser and I want them to see me as a person. And good therapy is where it's not always coming from their best. Sometimes it's coming from their anxiety. It's not a good sign if your therapist from friends. I say it's just like a pillow. asking your friends about care about their thoughts because they don't. They're not educated. They're not speaking to your best. They're not really talk to everyone. Sometimes the therapy relationship is where we learn. And the way I work therapeutically, sometimes it's very coaching. I will give recommendations. I will give solutions. Some therapists are going to be more silent. And I am direct, but there's a lot of therapists like me who will be actively engaged in it with you. But therapy is also about transformation. How can I change who I am as a person? Don't enter therapy. We can't be friends with our clients. Some people enter therapy with that for some. So I want things different, but I want to do the work. You're not ready. There are people that are like, I want to do the work. I want to start creating change, and I want to learn how. And I want to dismantle the defenses that keep me from doing it. So, but they're not sharing everyone at all stages of your life. Beauty of it. So that's the one where therapy is not for people that are meant to be constructively self-centered. And for those that are, the relationship should not be centered in just yourself illness and what's going on with you. But this one, it can be. Also, it's not some odd, funky, transactional relationship. I don't work for people. I work with them. Also, no therapy is not just talk. Work with people that I feel like I can really work with, and I'm sitting in silence, and I want them to see me as how to connect with your feelings. Where you care about your therapist because it's a human being. It's not a good sign to see therapist in that therapy relationship, and you don't care about your feelings. I want that to matter. I want us to take into consideration maybe everyone. Sometimes vulnerability, the therapy relationship, we practice empathy, not in terms of physicality, but in terms of emotional psychological. So, therapist isn't. I help them learn how to be more silent, just take a more deeper relationship by building one actively engaged therapy session. You, and then uh, they can talk a lot. Then that powerful conversation, the world, right? And, very transformative. and again, it's it can be solution oriented. Um, we can't we be friends with our clients, and that's frustrating. Sad for some. So it's one of those. And again, therapy can be future oriented. Uh, you know, it's a lot I, of we talk about the future. It's not part, always and the therapist is going to be very intimate. Because we now know that most good therapies isn't centered in the past. But they're not what happened to you doesn't need to be unpacked and thoroughly discussed. We can work from where you are Relationship where it's healthy, which shows us your self-centered. Your other relationships should not be centered in just real time and, what you need and talk about how to push it forward but this one it can so be. no therapy doesn't mean you're healthy talking about place for such compartmentalization from right? the past uh, also no therapy is not just talk we're we not just spend ramble, time ramble, sitting ramble, in the present it's a lot of sitting in silence sometimes learning how to connect with your feelings that's the most putting words to your lies some people just rambling about their past is actually a therapeutic relationship non-active in that therapeutic relationship to feel as though you're creating change because you're in therapy but not actually struggle with vulnerability or intimacy often I am against that you know not in terms of physicality, um, but in terms no, of emotional it is ongoing. It's not I help that them learn how to tolerate that, how long it will a more take. deeper personal Who relationship by building one in it all, how much therapy session. Sometimes and the then issue at some point extend that out into the world, work right? Becomes secondary, and again, it's, it can be solution-oriented. We will talk and sometimes about when you resolve whatever it is, you might have entered one And again, therapy can be future-oriented. We talk about the future. It's not always long-term or short-term. In fact, we now know that most good therapy isn't centered in the past. That sometimes happens to feel bad. Need to be Sometimes going to feel bad for a while. To really unpack where you look are at things now, as they are cannot which always shows us your history. Not always going to everything you've been doing now and examine Sometimes it in real time and talk about how to push it forward differently. Good therapy so no, therapy doesn't stabilize. They're talking about your parents or your family or trauma or smiles and We don't need to necessarily do that. We can spend time sitting in the present. All right, coming up next, we'll do a little couples therapy. So we'll be joined by I think often that's with Rebecca Sheba. We're talking about age gap. Some people just ramble about relationships where it's actually very safe, non years between them even to feel as though you're creating nothing wrong change with that. You're because it's really about the, chemi- the chemistry and compatibility of the people not getting hung up with the chronology or amount of time you've been on um, the planet which doesn't know though that it is ongoing it's not something so, that you can we'll be talking about that coming up next you're listening to Love Live who knows what the new channel Q how much will 
will merge. Sometimes the issue you enter therapy thinking you want to work on becomes secondary and something else pops up. And sometimes when you resolve whatever it is you might have entered and wanted to resolve, you realize there's more to do or there's other things you want to bust into. So it can be long-term or short-term, you know? I have two kids. One and is finally, 11, I just want to point out nine. that sometimes it's going to feel bad. To sometimes it's going to feel bad for a while to really gay, unpack and look at things as they are. Cannot always but I'm noticing feel great. So you're not always going to leave therapy smiling or happy. Well sometimes you're going to leave himself. a little more How disrupted can I have this and feeling off. But good therapy will give you some tools to kind of stabilize. But um, yeah, it can be tough stuff. It's not all smiles and rainbows. But neither is life, right? Okay, a couple different from that. All right, coming up next, we'll do a little couples therapy. So we'll be joined by licensed therapist Rebecca Sheeta. We're talking about age gap relationships. So those relationships where the partners have a few, a few good years yeah, between them, even decades sometimes, and there's nothing wrong with that. But because it's really about the, chemis the chemistry and compatibility of the people, not getting hung up with the chronology or amount of time been on the planet, which doesn't necessarily speak to a problem. So we'll be talking about that coming up next. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and Radio.com. someone isn't following traditional malehood or even femalehood, that they're gay or maybe trans, I don't know. And so if your son hasn't, well, if your son doesn't identify as gay, it could be very traumatic for you to tell him that you know he is, because then he might start to question himself and get very confused. So I think what you need to do is just create a sexually healthy household, which everyone should. And if your son comes upon that understanding and you've created a sexually safe environment and home, he will know he can come talk to you. All right, we are so back essentially that's what's called getting rid of the closet instead of sliding people having to come out DMs. of the closet, get rid of the closet. Sliding into the DMs is brought to you by our friends. So start to talk about the because it's a big old sex Talk about the fact that trans people exist. Talk about the fact that disabled people exist. Show I have two kids. Shows with gay one is 11. And, and is if nine. it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, starting it doesn't. starting to suspect so you're that jumping my older the son is gay. And I know that you want to be supportive. Which is amazing. But, can be but I'm noticing that my nine-year-old children is starting to catch on. Because maybe it's your other child that's actually gay. How can I have this talk with them? I don't know. Should I talk to them together separately? My 11-year-old hasn't officially come out. So would that be pushing it on him too soon? Okay, a couple things. Feel very challenging um, and you're suspecting that your son your is child gay. It doesn't gay. mean he is. People Let's need just to start come there. to comfort and with themselves. The qualities that people your job see that they tend just to comply to someone's gay doesn't necessarily mean they can that. talk to you about it. Yeah, I say this lovingly, and I know your question comes from lies. But what you're doing is you're seeing stereotypes in your son, which is what every parent should do. Your son might not be gay, he might just not enjoy sports, or he might just not be hypermasculine. Just be very careful with the assumptions. I don't want you having to live in a culture that's homophobic. Don't assume that whatever you assume that if someone isn't gay following traditional malehood or even femalehood that they're ways. gay or maybe trans. I, I don't or know. Child is and so if your son hasn't, so well, if your son doesn't identify as gay, it could be very traumatic for you to tell to you. him that you that's, know that's he is. Always my because then he might start like to question that. himself. And that's going to be important for your nine-year-old. So nine I think what you need to do is just create a sexually healthy household which everyone should. And if your son comes upon that understanding and you've created a sexually safe environment and home, he will know he can come talk to you. Again, I'm going to so essentially that that's what's called that getting rid of the closet instead of people having to come out of the closet get rid of the closet make it just something that's very comfortable is, so start to talk about the fact that gay people exist talk about the fact that trans people exist talk about the fact that disabled people exist show them different shows of gay families and if it happens it happens and if it doesn't it doesn't so you're jumping the gun and I know you want to be supportive but the best way you can be supportive is to let your children know that gay is acceptable because maybe it's your other child that's actually gay 
maybe that's why that child joining us to do a little I don't know. We'll but you basically wanted to start to normalize diversity, to normalize yep, gayness. Keeps coming up, so I don't think right you have a talk with anyone directly. That Stick can feel very challenging and overwhelming. Chris, even if your child is gay, people need to come to comfort with themselves first. All right, we're back. And outside, we're a little couples therapy. So, of course, we've got Rebecca Sheeta, licensed therapist with us. What's up, Rebecca? Not much. How are you doing, Chris? Good. How are you doing on this? Wait, can I call this the tail end of COVID? Or would you say we're like still whether gay or not, is prepared to go out we're, to the world where gay people it. exist we're, and knows how to interact with them. It's very it, normalized. But people, just so I don't want you having a talk with anyone it's not and don't there. assume that whatever you're the seeing that you think means your child is gay but, is you know. actually that. People <laughs> I, can act in gender non-conforming ways. Well, I, was, I, was, I said this a few times. Like watching the news, I'm like, yo, Texas, Florida, what are you guys doing? Do the larger work first and let your child come to you. That's always my advice around something like that. And that's going to be important for your nine-year-old because if your nine-year-old is is one that is close to both of our hearts because we both tend to date people in, in different age brackets and it is the topic of an age gap relationship. Now what I really love about this is people are often familiar right? with someone who's male identified dating someone young. So I love the concept that you are a female dating someone young. And people often want to shame that what they'll say, okay, so let's go all in. So there's this movie out, Kevin Bacon. It's a horror movie. We won't get into whether or not it's a good horror movie because the answer is it's not really. I was looking on his Twitter, and in it, he, the Kevin Bacon is in his late 50s, and, and his wife in it is Amanda Seyfried, who's in her early, early, early 30s. Right, coming up next, and people's comments were joining us about that, not about the movie, but about, uh, about people were calling it pedophilic, people were saying clearly it's disgusting, like I was shocked, they're both adults. Well, you know, that's the thing, though, too, I think that... It's interesting that that's the case because I do feel like there's a double standard. Usually, it's a, it's a they people consider it more appropriate for for a man to date a younger woman, right. right? But typically, if a younger woman is dating a younger man, you know, she's robbing the cradle. She's a cougar. She, you know. So um, do you feel? So you're dating someone much younger. Do you feel like you're a cougar? Or do you just feel like you're authentically living your life and you don't notice? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I kind of feel. I feel like I'm living my life now. Like, truthfully, I've never, I haven't dated younger typically, you know, like it just happens to be like during this, this COVID age and, you know, being on hinge or whatever. And like dating, it's been, you know, it's been really interesting to see how you date during this time, what that's like, um, socially distancing and having a, you know, a drink with someone and, you know, All right, we're back and outside for a little couples therapy. Younger, so, of course, we've got like, Rebecca you know, Ashita, licensed therapist you know, with us. What's up, Rebecca? And not much. Stuff. How are you doing, Chris? Good. How are, how are you doing on this? Um, wait, can I call this the tail end of COVID, like? or would you say so, we're like you know, I've still already, in the back? I've already been of it? married. We're, we're I have two children. What do I want now that I have? But people, just because people want to believe it's not out there. For me, the most important thing for me is someone who is kind. But that is kind of the number one. And that's why I say, like, I work well, with clients that are single. I, was, I said this a few and, times. Like, you know, watching the news, I'm like, understand yo, Texas, we, whenever, Florida. Whenever we're single, we do? have to go yeah. up against There's some uh, our age, our finances, how we feel about too. our body, our desirability as, as we so see it in culture. Our topic tonight but, I, I, is I, one that's so close to both like of our standards. We're all kinds of to like people they, in different age brackets. They need to own this. And they this need is the to topic be this. of an age gap relationship. I mean, yes, now, what I really love about also, this is people are day, often familiar with someone who's male identified dating someone younger. Yes. And support, yes. I love the concept yes. that you are a female and dating someone all these words really live outside of those social constructs. Okay, so let's go all in. So there's a new movie out Kevin Bacon. It's a horror movie. And we won't get into whether or not it's a good horror movie because the answer is it's not really. But 
obviously from society as well. I've been on his Twitter, and in it, Kevin Bacon is in his late 50s, and his wife in it is Amanda Seyfried, who's in her early, early, early 30s. And people's comments were about that, not about the movie, but about people were calling it pedophilic. People were saying clearly it's disgusting. Like, I was shocked. They're both adults. Like, you know, that... Well, you know, sure, money's important, yeah, it, but well, you know, that's I want to be thing, content. Though, too, I'm not going to be content just dating someone who has money. It's interesting that that's the case because well. I do feel What's like there's right. a double standard. You know, right. usually. It's a, it's a so do you, does this ever come into your office or is this something you haven't seen a lot of? Because I, I, I see, woman, not right? maybe this but specifically, but in my office working with single individuals, man, I see so many versions of this where the they're, you know, afraid so of what the world so will say. Well, what will they say if I date someone of that gender expression or someone who's been divorced multiple times or someone's kids? Because I feel like we also have a lot of stigma against people that are divorced as though they have an inability to run a relationship. But then there's also stigma against people that have never been married Age, as though that means they don't know how to do commitment. So you've been, been married, really so you've been on all sides. So how do you look time, at those constructs? Like, like, do you think someone having been married or having not been married or having divorced, do you see that speaking to anything that we should make sense of psychologically? Or is it just, it is what it is? You know, it's so interesting because I probably like some of these things in my head. What are my needs at this time in my life? And what does that look like? I mean, I think until you go through it, then you oftentimes see it in a certain way. Like, yeah, I have lived it, so I know what, what divorce is now for me personally. My career, and I feel so like it's actually I, I made really, me a stronger me, the most person. For me, is someone who is kind um, with better but that boundaries. Is number one. And, and that's what I say. Like I work with clients that are single. Unhealthy. I mean, I said he says a lot of things. You know, understandably, understandably, whenever whenever we're single, we have to go up against our age, our finances, how we feel about our body, our desirability as as we see it in culture. But and and so there'll be all these. Like standards, raw clients are like they they need to own this. They, they need to be this, and I'm like, all these I mean, yes, but also now, you know, at the end of the day, isn't children. it about <laughs> companionship you know, so, and yeah. support I mean, I think and yeah. fun and care and intimacy? And all these words right, really live outside of those like social constructions. It's you know? so true. And I think, think break you know, it, it really, uh, let's take a pause right there. Because, trust me, I uh, Rebecca has a lot of great relationships. Obviously, from society. <laughs> when we come back, as well we're going to dive from, deeper into that, but also give you all a new perspective on anymore, how to kind of move through the world a as a single individual. Like, Listen okay, to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. Make sure you find a man with money. All right, we're back. And we're doing a little couples therapy with a licensed therapist, Rebecca Sheeta. And before the break, we were talking about age gap relationships, but also now about the whole idea of what meaning should we make out of someone like, who's you know, never been that, married or someone's been divorced. Sure the way I look at it is when someone says, oh, but they've been married three times or divorced twice, I say, yes, we've all been well. and left many relationships. You know? Some people take it as so far do you, as does this ever come a into your office ceremony and contract others don't? But all I hear is you've been in relationships before you've left them. And we've all done that. In my office, we're not single individuals. I see so many versions of this where they're, why someone got divorced or they got divorced and will they say if I date someone of that gender expression or Someone who's you know, my older brother has never been married. Because I feel like he's in his late forties, and, and people he was worried that people would make meaning out of that. They, but the reason why is because he's a long-term relationship with someone that never been married. He was hanging in there, helping her through it, and he knew he didn't want to make a legal contract around it. So you've tried his best. So how do you look at those contracts? Do you think someone having been married and not been married and divorced is probably one of the most amazing human beings? That we should make sense of. He's a phenomenal boyfriend or husband, but. It is what it 
unfortunately, in the world he you lives know, in, that so could be held against him. That in his late forties, he's never been married. That's in horrible. My head. Well, tr- trust me, it's true. Um, as 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 I mean, a I woman, until you go through it, and you're going to know this you with friends. See it in a certain light because you've lived it. So I know what divorce has done for me personally. If he hasn't been married in his late forties, I know something's got to be wrong with him. No, and here's the kicker. Like I said, he because he was helping someone he loved through mental health struggles, it was addiction. He was helping his girlfriend through her alcoholism. He stuck with her. It was actually a sign of commitment. Um, exactly. It was with her for the years, and when he realized she wasn't willing to get the help so she needed, and she wanted to so stay in her addiction, person, he's like, I have to finally like, leave after years of trying. So it's actually a sign of his strength, and so it's heartbreaking. Children, they he's a very committed, loving me. person, and I hate questions. that these norms and exist. Here I am now. It's so true. Never been married. You know, and and I think. Look, I think I follow the symptoms too. I mean, we we got things drilled in our head. I mean, look at like the idea of what marriage. I mean, ever since I was a you know a kid, my parents had a wonderful marriage, and I always think that's great. On that, let's take a pause right there. Rebecca has a great relationship. I love my children. They're the best things I've ever, ever done. When we come back, we're going to dive deeper into that, but also give you all a new perspective on how to kind of move through the world as a single individual. Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. Oh, you drink too much. Oh, it's no problem. Oh, you've got an anger problem. Oh, it's no, we'll fix that. Oh, you don't make any money. No problem. You know, I mean, mean, for me at the end, you know, having a judge who I don't know, talk to me about how we're going to do custody and how we're dividing things up. It's weird. I don't know you, dude. You just met me. You know, it's weird. But I love this. So I want our listeners to hear two couples therapists saying that judge the person based on who they are and how it feels to be with them. Not these extenuating factors that don't necessarily speak to anything. It's so true because look, people can look, people can look amazing on paper. Amazing. You know, a great job and, oh, they had the marriage, they have the house, all these things. And they can be a total narcissist. My favorite topic, you know? All right, we're back and we're doing a little couples therapy with a licensed therapist, Rebecca Sheeta. And before the break, we're talking about the the best best relationships I've ever been But also now, about the whole idea of what people that I would have never married or someone who's divorced me. The way I look at it is to see when someone says, oh, but they've been married three times or divorced twice, I say, yes, because what I would have put on many relationships. It turns out that some people take it as far as. It turns out that I actually don't necessarily know what that would look like contract in a person, but all I hear is I don't necessarily been in know relationships what I before. And, and it was really beautiful we've all that, that I made myself stay open to and everyone I've dated are all outliers. And again, why someone got divorced or because they got divorced turned out beautiful. They were some beautiful people. And so I promise that I've had the confidence to just be My older brother has never been married and not in his late 40s. And he was worried that people would make me out of that. But the reason why is because he was a long term relationship with someone with mental health issues. And I've always been helping her through it. And, and he knew there's he a lot of reasons why that is, and that's not because a, of immaturity. A, it's a not a legal contract around it. In fact, I've been best. It in didn't work out. They were more he then focused on his business. You know, it's just and energy levels. And he's and, um, probably one of the most amazing human beings. And would be he's a phenomenal boyfriend or husband. But unfortunately, in the world he lives in, that could be held against him. That is like 40s. He's never been married. That's horrible. When in doubt, go on the date. Trust me, it's true. As a woman, Rebecca, she the work with friends. Instagram, a hungry back client, and my website, Rebecca Ishida.com. Love is... 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 Love is...
He We're stuck back. with her. He, it was actually a sign of, of commitment. Exactly. He was her for the years, and he realized line, she wasn't IG willing to get the help story. So she needed, like and she wanted to stay answers. in her addiction. He's like, I so have to finally leave after years of trying. And so it's actually a sign of his strength. And so it's heartbreaking because he's a very committed, loving person. And I hate that these norms out of three people say their healthy lifestyle has derailed since COVID. 65% of people are taking time off from their fitness routine to let themselves relax. And 49% of people were they'll Since never I get their pre COVID you know, body back. So our question tonight was, how concerned thought, are you that want, your body goes back to pre COVID? Now, one of the things we've talked about extensively, and this is the mental health you know, ever, perspective of all this, is that we have to have a new relationship with our body. And that's going to happen as we age, as we become newly single or newly partnered, or as we're starting to date and we're encountering new forms of bodies and sexualities, disabilities. There's so many reasons and times as to when our body is going to shift and change that this idea that I mean, for me at the whatever end, body you know, we feel like we need to have, know, or once we feel like it's been achieved, that it can be sustained forever or even dividing things all, up. It's, it's quite I don't know toxic you, you just psychologically. So the work you know, is always about letting yourself just But be I love this. So I want our listeners to hear two couples therapists saying that judge the person based on who they are and how it feels to be with them, not these extenuating factors that don't necessarily speak to anything. We have these desirability politics where our culture has decided that these are the most prioritized characteristics of ways to look. And we're battling you know, great that. We're trying to change that. And, so oh, they let's hear the marriage, about they your the relationship house, to your body and they can be a total narcissist. My favorite topic, First person said, you know? I'm more so, concerned I mean, about my mental health during this time. As long as that's taken kind of care of, then I know my pre-COVID workout routine will get back to normal The best relationships I've ever been in, honestly, truly, were with people that I would have never thought would have been right for me. And luckily, I was open enough to see. And I was proven that my assumptions were wrong. Because what I would have put on paper, it turns out that that's actually... It turns out that I actually don't necessarily know what that will look like in a person, or I don't necessarily know what I do. And it was really beautiful that I made myself stay open, and everyone I've dated, they're all outliers. And again, they weren't what I would have put on paper, and yet it turned out beautiful, and they were beautiful people. So I'm thankful, yeah, that I've had the confidence to just be honest and date who I wanted to date and not get hung up on these, you know, constructions and these labels as to, like, what these things mean and what I think I, yeah, I mean, I'm happy, and I've always dated younger and there's a lot of reasons why that is and that's not because of immaturity it's not an attempt to control in fact I've been ahead of it, in relationships where they were more controlling and you know it's just energy levels and and centered in whatever that's a whole other topic but yeah gotta just be with the person as they are and then just be open I mean that's what I always say just stay open find out who they are when in doubt go on the date if you have the time and the energy you know Rebecca Ishida where can people find you on Instagram and low levels and my of social I like that I love it. Um, all right, question of the night. It's up on our Loveline IG page. Wait in so on that. So We're going to be breaking that on down and then doing question some the DMs. Listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel so Q and radio.com. Um, uh, nah. <laughs> Appreciate my body's resilience in face of COVID and stress. I love that. I love that. Yes, you're learning about how powerful you are. Somebody else said, considering I was pregnant pre COVID, not concerned. What an interesting time to have a little nugget. I hope you're getting the beauty of having a lot of downtime and availability, um, maybe your partner as well or not. Somebody else said in relationship to question night, which is their body and COVID, 
0%, to be honest, it feels vain to be concerned with how my body looks while so much is going on. I get that. Yeah. For some people, they put a lot of the pressure on their body or their, what they're eating or how they're dressed or what's going on in their home as a way to kind of offset that attention and to kind of get it off of the struggles psychologically of what's happening around them. And for some people, it's quite the opposite, you know? Uh, someone else said I was fat before and fat now, so it doesn't matter. Ah, yes. Loving your body as it is. Not really checking in on it. Not really taking notice of it, right? Just letting it kind of be where you're at. Somebody else said, yeah, I was right at the peak of my being a snack and now I'm sad. I've lost my momentum a bit. Well, you're still a snack to somebody, right? Even though there's certain standards that we feel like the majority of the culture wants or we even have for ourselves or even what we think we need for us to be attracted to someone else, it does extend outside of that. And that is so powerfully shown to me. I mean, we've all had that experience, right? Where we're out with a friend um, and we think someone is so attractive and we can hear them saying that they're not comfortable with how they look or, you know, just kind of what, what's going on in their lives in certain ways. And you're sitting there and you're like, Oh my gosh, I only wish they saw what I see. Because again, we have certain standards maybe for ourselves and others, but those aren't universalized. It's, it's so subjective. And in fact, we've often had what we thought were solid standards challenged where we were attracted or interested in someone who fell far outside what we normally consider our type. And that's why I, I always talk about openness. You never know you never, you never really know what it's going to look like. But again, our ego tells us and makes us think we, we can look backwards and make assumptions. I mean, I know if I look at all the different people I've dated, there is very little in common with all of them. Um, it's quite diversified. All right. Anyway, back to what we were question of the night, your relationship to COVID in your body. Someone said, uh, kept up with my exercises. So not too pressed. I'm also more than my body. And that's the message, right? Some of these questions of the night have like a backdoor response, which is I want a lot of people to be like, hey, it doesn't really matter. How do I feel is what's most important. I feel great or I don't. And if I don't, what are the things I could tweak and change, right? Somebody else said, um, bum, ba, da, bum, bum, and nope, lost some muscle since March, but I think there are way bigger things to focus on. Yeah, of course. I think there's a lot of loss. I mean, we're that's back. Like the, the it's time for term. question of there's the night. There's a lot of loss in this question of the night. It's always up on our love line, IG, loss of the things stories. Stories. So, so weigh in on that. We like to hear all your thoughts um, and answers. But then there are some people who are thriving. Good one. Right. So right post, now, according to the New York Post, growth, so nearly half well, like of Americans worry that they'll never get their pre-quarantine body back. Coming up next, Two out of three people say their healthy the lifestyle night. has derailed since COVID. Never boring, so definitely stick around for that. You're listening to Love Line, their fitness routine to let themselves relax. And 49% of people worry they'll never get their pre-COVID body back. So our question of the night was, how concerned are you that your body goes back to pre-COVID? Now, one of the things we've talked about extensively, and this is the mental health, you know, perspective of all this is that we have to have a new relationship with our body and that's going to happen as we age as we become newly single or newly partnered or as we're starting to date and we're encountering new forms of bodies and sexualities disabilities there's so many reasons and times as to when our body's going to shift and change that this idea that Whatever body we feel like we need to have, or once we feel like it's been achieved, that it can be sustained forever or even gotten at all, is quite toxic psychologically. So the work is always about letting yourself just be where you are and finding the peace in that and trying to disidentify your worth and your mental health being tied to the state of how your body looks. Now, I know we have market value and we have these desirability politics where our culture has decided that these are the most prioritized characteristics and ways to look, and we're battling that. 
trying to change that. So let's hear about your relationship to your body during times of COVID. First person said, I'm more concerned about my mental health during this time. As long as that's taken care of, then I know my pre-COVID workout routine will get back to normal eventually. I also have to lay off the sweets. I love that. It is what it is. You know, life is different right now. We are living during a pandemic, so we can't have the same expectations upon ourselves. And our mental health will survive without some of that extra exercise right now. There's so many ways, though, we can move our bodies. Moving our bodies and exercise is important for physical health, mental health, so many different ways to do it. And I don't want it tied to how we look, right? That's when we remove the health from it, right? Because we can't talk about health if we're not looking at a mental health perspective. Question of the night is how concerned are you about your body in relationship to pre-COVID times and COVID? Someone said, forget it. I'm happy and healthy and alive. More things to worry about than a hot bod. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're all warming my heart. So many people are just kind of like, right now I need to be focused on rest and healing, other things that they're attending to, and it can't necessarily be a focus on how they look. That's great. Somebody else said, already way ahead of it, decided to not sit around after week three of quarantine, and I'm down 28 pounds. Ooh, bam. We try not to talk about weight or calorie counting. It can trigger people. It can set a standard. But um, I'm glad you're taking care of yourself and moving. I'm a fan of the gym. I've said this before. I love throwing around heavy weights. I put on my music. It's meditative. It's also a really powerful creative space. And as someone who's very internal and low levels of social needs, I like that I am out in the world around people, but not necessarily having to fully engage them. So there's so much for me that's tied into that. Question of the night, your relationship to your body in times of COVID. Someone said, um, uh, nah, appreciate my body's resilience in face of COVID and stress. I love that. I love that. Yes. You're learning about how powerful you are. Somebody else said, considering I was pregnant pre-COVID, not concerned. What an interesting time to have a little nugget. I hope you're getting the beauty of having a lot of downtime and availability, um, maybe your partner as well or not. Somebody else said in relationship to question night, which is their body and COVID. Zero percent, to be honest. It feels vain to be concerned how my body looks while so much is going on. I get that. Yeah, for some people, they put a lot of pressure on their body or their what they're eating or how they're dressed or what's going on in their home as a way to kind of offset that attention and to kind of get it off of the struggles psychologically of what's happening around them. And for some people, it's quite the opposite. You know, uh, Someone else said, I was fat before and fat now, so it doesn't matter. Ah, yes. Loving your body as it is. Not really checking in on it. Not really taking notice of it, right? Just letting it kind of be where you're at. Somebody else said, yeah, I was right at the peak of my being a snack. And now I'm sad. I've lost my momentum a bit. Well, you're still a snack to somebody, right? Even though there's certain standards that we feel like the majority of the culture wants or we even have for ourselves or even what we think we need for us to be attracted to someone else, it does extend outside of that. And that is so powerfully shown to me. I mean, we've all had that experience, right? Where we're out with a friend um, and we think someone is so attractive and we can hear them saying that they're not comfortable with how they look or you know, just kind of what what's going on in their lives in certain ways and you're sitting there and you're like, oh my gosh, I only wish they saw what I see. Because again, we have certain standards maybe for ourselves and others, but those aren't universalized. It's it's so subjective. And in fact, we've often had what we thought were solid standards challenged where we were attracted or interested in someone who fell far outside what we normally can 